0: Coaches across the country used the Coach Pad this past season to be more efficient with their scout card prep on the weekends as well as when out on the practice field working with their scout teams. Whether you're a coach using a computer program to create cards or drawing them by hand, the Coach Pad is for you. Never printing paper or stuffing a binder, clearly seeing scout cards outdoors in the bright sun. And using the Coach Pad on game days, syncing diagrams from the press box to the sideline were some of the features coaches enjoyed this season. This offseason, get your Coach Pad at thecoachpad.com to get your program ready for next season, thecoachpad.com. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Gap Downbacker podcast. Uh, we have my former boss today, um, semi-retired not fully, but semi, at least currently. Uh, right. Former, longtime head coach, uh, Coach BJ Queen. Coach, how are you doing?
1: Good. How are you, Nick?
0: I'm doing good. Doing good. It was good. Good catching up. I mean, for the past 30, 40 right. minutes, it's been. Um, <laughs> before we get into our topic today, which which will be some split back and then a couple other things. Um, I mean, kind of what's your? I mean. I know a lot of your background, but I mean, for the people who don't know you, what is kind of your background in coaching and kind of where have you been?
1: Sure. So I was lucky enough to be a student assistant at uh, Mount Union College back in 1997, 1998. Uh, Won the national championship two and three with them there. Um, From there, I went to Watkins Memorial, which is my alma mater. coached and taught for 10 years. Got. first head coaching job at uh, Pandora, Global, which is where I started running the, uh, split back beer, um, been the head coach up at Upper Sandusky, uh, Fairfield Christian, Grove City Christian. Um, let's see here, uh, Beechcroft, uh, and West High School in, in Mifflin. So I've been around.
0: Yeah. I mean, like I said, we worked together at Field for Christian and, um, like I said I slept on your couch for a while <laughs> to mitigate the drive um, so it's been good it, it, like I said we got to, we talked families beforehand and um like let's, let's start with this cuz i mean before i get to the split back like i mean you are a big wing t guy though i would define like my wing t the basis of my wing t knowledge comes from you my understanding of how to actually run jet sweep comes from you um, so why as a wing t guy and you might not like that title, but um, have you run split back veer on occasion? Like, I mean, you'd ran it at Mifflin, I believe at oh. Fairbanks, and there's a couple other times, and you've had experience with it and coaching against it. Why the split back veer instead of your normal, net, say, jet sweep stuff? So I guess
1: I learned wing T because I was having uh, frustrations and, and issues with. Split back veer, and so I learned that from uh Jason Peters at Granville. Uh, we had some great years with it. Um, started off as a spread guy, like I said, you know, come out of Mount. Um, when I, you know, would thought I was, you know, undo be a spread guy, did that at Reynoldsburg. And you know, the story goes that we're playing uh Hillard Davidson, uh, coached by, by Brian White the year before they won the state title. Um, it's a tight game and up in the box, you know, they're controlling the ball so well that like with six minutes to go, it's third and long. And I'm trying to decide whether to go conservative or, or go, you know, to get, get the first down. And, you know, over the headset, I asked the guys, I'm like, Hey, you know, are we going to get the ball back again? And it went uh, dead silent, you know, and they said, no, we don't think we're going to get the ball back again. And so yeah, you know, for it to dictate the game, dictate what it was doing to us, dictate my playing calling, really uh, really was impressed with that. So the next year when I got my first head coach job at Pandora Gobella, um, mm-hmm. decided we need to be split back beer. And I guess to go back a little bit farther than that, I was comfortable with option in high school at Watkins Memorial. Um, we ran a combination of like wishbone and flexbone option. Um, at that time, when I graduated, Watkins Memorial was a third most successful football program in central Ohio with Newark Catholic being one and West Jeff being two. Uh, um, I believe my class still holds the record for most points scored and most yards. So something obviously, you know, believe in. So it, it you know, it didn't, uh, it was easy to go back and do uh, split back stuff. Um, it also helps that, you know, while at Mount Union, you know, back in the day Mount Union's offense under Larry Harris was, you know, I think, built off of split back Ken Wable before the head coach before Larry Harris was a split back coach. Um, Larry Harris was a split back quarterback. And so you could see all the passing concepts were, you know, based off, uh, you know, they started off as split back, went to West coast. Um, But I mean, you could definitely see shades of it being there. You, you know, you, you, we lined up split back at Mount when I was there in 96, 97, you know, I would say 70, 80% of the time.
0: Well, yeah, like the split back formation is like almost a basis of the original West Coast too. Like you look at a lot of the old West Coast stuff, like you can see kind of where they derive that from and it's a little different. And I think as we mentioned beforehand, like oddly, like when I look at things, for some reason, despite the Flexbone having four elderly receivers like immediately on the line and the, most of the split back only having three like it still throws a lot better for like you watch some of this old houston beer stuff and they're throwing the ball a bunch like it does it's not just running just beer up and down the field so, so
1: something i learned from coach karras is you've got to have that balance you've got you know of run and pass and also protection you know keeping i know everybody wants to put four receivers out and, and throw the ball but you Got to be able to keep two backs in and protect. Sometimes Um, the play action, you know, uh, I think that's uh, I think the play action is better than what you get, say, off the wing tee. You know, waggle. You know, I would say waggle is number one pass play in the world. Um, But you know, your run stuff has to look like your pass stuff, and vice versa. And I think you get that with two backs in in the backfield better.
0: Okay. Now, now, obviously, with split back here, you run veer i mean that's inside outside veer like that's that's what else did you run out of your split back stuff sure so
1: something i like about split back veer is this you know to get into philosophy i guess first thing you're going to have to be comfortable with a small playbook you know and, and it's funny as i start writing things down it can expand i've got probably so i've got inside veer outside veer Lead speed option, quarterback follow, midline, counter tray, wedge, trap, um, flip, which just essentially helps get you to like a jet look, um, a cutback play, and a dive. So I mean the play. So as I say, it can be small. The nice thing is, is it starting off you can be small, and then you can expand off of it onto how long your kids have been in the program, and you know what your kids can do. Um, Trying to think with that. uh, Remind me, what's the original question?
0: (laughs) Just kind of what kind of what you just kind what you've chosen to ran out of it. Like obviously, there's 18 billion ways to skin a cat. But just curiosity, what have you run out of it? Just to kind of obviously, inside, inside, outside view are the common. Okay, yes, obvious.
1: I I think you have to then, you know, if I was putting in a putting in today, like for install, you gotta have your inside beer, you gotta have outside beer, your lead speed. Uh, your quarterback follow your midline, okay, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I would think that those are your five first, and then we can uh, counter you have to add counter cut trace. so so counter trace, so you six, yeah, yeah, okay. six run plays,
0: yeah, and that that makes sense. It just it's it I just look at it and i i talked to I've talked to people and looked at stuff and just kind of. What else? I mean, a lot, some people really lie on the dive or a variation of like a belly. Um, It's just interesting to see the perspective there. What do you, do you put in inside or outside beer first?
1: So I put in inside beer first because in my opinion, and like I said, if someone can show me an outside beer only works well if they open up the sea gap. You know, if the, if there's that uh, like that three and at nine and they have that linebacker sitting in, you know, uh, in between that, then your outside beer is unstoppable. I mean, you literally don't need to call another play until they change. And uh, the other thing I guess you've got to understand is if you're going to my opinion, if you're going to run split back beer, you got to let your quarterback call plays at the line. Almost every play. You, you can start them off with something, but if, you know, there's no reason to run plays into formations, defensive formations alignments that aren't good for it. You know, Got so as, a, as an example, you know, what you're going to find is this. Everybody, you know, and this is like something, I guess, is frustrating for me, but uh, it, it's just the way of the world. Like when you go to clinics, they're going to draw up the formation and they're going to put a one technique, you know, on one side and a three technique on the other and they're going to run their inside veer to the one technique. And and believe me, it's awesome. Like if you don't if they stay like that, you don't need to call another play. The problem is defenses aren't going to stay like that. They're going to go double twos on you real fast because they want to make that read hard. Yeah. And so you're you know, listen, inside veer against double twos is not very fun. And so that's where you need to go midline and you've got to give your quarterback options to do stuff like that, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like, and, and I mean, that's the old thing about, like, you go to clinics and everybody draws it up against the forefront. And then, I mean, yeah, that's great. I mean, we can all do first-year coaching stuff, but most teams aren't in a standard even front anymore. They're in odd fronts. Or they're right. in, as you said, kind of forefronts that kind of move. Like, yep. I mean anybody that knows how to defend the option of the wing T aren't just going to stay stagnant in uh 4 3 defense. It's gonna they're gonna put an under front out there, they're gonna put bare front, they're gonna put a tight front, they're gonna slant angle people. I mean, hell, I I mean I learned slant angling defense from you. I mean, yeah. that's I mean that was my first introduction to a, a three four, and we just slant and angled every play and moved our right. guys. So um yeah, no one's gonna just stay static. Um, right,
1: I wish they would. It'd make life a lot easier.
0: <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, you wouldn't be surprised with the role changes always benefiting the offense. At some point, they might just say, "Hey, pre snap, you have you have to pick a defense and just stay at it." And just, I'd say all all star rules, right? All star yeah. rules. Oh yeah, god, so. they'll get me started with all star rules, and then and then mitigate and then refing all star rules, like because I've worked the state all star game in the past two years, and then just okay. listening to very successful head coaches across the state complain the entire time that somebody across the field is breaking the rules is right. just like like sweet god okay. <laughs> we're, we're, we're competitive people right yeah All <laughs> yeah. well, they are no I, I i literally watched uh what's i can't remember what's his face up north um i can't remember the school i literally watched him up 30 in the all-star game kicking onside kicks because he's just like and and part of that was because the other guy wouldn't accept the thirty minute uh, thir- uh, thirty point running clock roll, so he because okay, yeah. he got and it just right. That's funny. That's because so. that's what happens when you're a Division One head coach. You are too prideful and you just want to get right. One. Oh God! But, but I
1: mean, to get a little bit more, uh, like uh, I enjoy the history of the uh, Splitback beer. I always tell kids, like when I talk about like three most important football movies are done with splitback beer. It is, you know, remember the Titans run splitback. Uh, we are Marshall is splitback beer. And then when the game stands tall is is splitback beer. Um, like I said, you know, obviously, uh, Coleraine ran splitback. Um, I don't know if they still do, but they were a great football program. Uh, Hilliard uh, Davison ran splitback. I mean, that's, you know, kind of like watching the models in Ohio. That's what, you know. That's what it is for me.
0: Yeah, and and the other thing is you just don't. I mean, don't see it a lot anymore. But the telegrams that still run it are right. just a, like as I've I've I mean, you typically don't really see it in the Midwest anymore. It's a very Southern thing still. Yes, like Louisiana, particularly for some reason, I don't know. Yeah. Why, but but like they've got
1: the uh, Christian school down there. Uh, yeah, the J. Kurt. Uh,
0: Yes, and I, I, was, I was literally watching some of their uh, a game from this year last night, and they're just thrashing this poor little team with with inside and outside veer and just just driving down the field, and they're just run split back and just going, and then there's like an our school card like Arcadia that's in the same area that just does the same thing. Um, I'm talking to somebody later. He's in from Louisiana. They run like it just it's a very southern mm-hmm. thing. Um, yeah. I know coach up in Michigan, switching to it this year, but it's like, it's not very common, surprisingly.
1: Yeah. And with split back beer, I think you've got to be comfortable with being boring. You know, um, I, the best thing for me is when, you know, I run a play, it's worked well and I just, I just do this. Like, you know, just.
0: I know. Just... Trust me. I, I, I've i worked for you. I know. I know. I've ever just <laughs> sweet, sweet, yeah, sweet.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, the other thing, so Talking which I don't know if you've seen it. I don't know how it would pick up. Snap Decisions is a book from a high school coach in Michigan. And that's where he talks about uh, letting the kids call the plays. It's a line of scrimmage. Um, you know, it goes through it. It's, it's a great book, one of the best ones I've ever read. And then, I don't know anybody who's super interested in um, Split Beer is the old Houston, yep. uh, you know, playbook.
0: I, I may or may not have found that in a certain place online, and may or may not have printed that. I'm not going just just to look at just the like that. That's also the surprising part. He like I've done like I'm gonna be honest. I have access to a lot of things because of the podcasting and the clinics and the COVID stuff and all that stuff. There he did not do a lot of stuff like cl- filmed clinics or talking about the system. Like it's it's weird it's like
1: oh, it's funny because it, it was in the era where coaches shared everything so yeah. I guess that surprises me where today like they like said coaches don't want to share things and, and maybe that's what it was i mean he if you read his history and know his history i mean he was a field coach he was he was ready to get fired and by accident he figured out yeah. um you know to to read it's funny it's very similar to the rich rodriguez story in west virginia where it by and, it, and honestly the read option is a a spin-off or, or you know the inverse of the inside beer is by accident it was figured out
0: yeah like because i was looking at wishbone stuff earlier this off season
1: yeah, like i said yeah if you want if you figure something out if you got something special i don't know if you're necessarily gonna want to yeah. share
0: <laughs> but like like because i was reading emory ballard's like autobiography and he came up with the wishbone and mm-hmm. um houston veer's mentioned briefly in it there's some s- argument who came up with veer first him or billy yeoman whatever right. and but then you can you can find old clinks by daryl roy or, or emory ballard or people who played f- or coached for him or that wrote books or whatever right like the houston veer people didn't write books exactly. they really post anything they weren't i like unless there's stuff that i don't know about that i can't find like there's not much on it which is kind of weird because it's a very dynamic offense like obviously you're inside outside beer you'll have the hardcore spread people say it all their hate on it but like you could throw out of it you can run out of it like you hit the edge well well it's- and what I'll,
1: what I'll tell you is um and i think an option in, in particular and Split back beer, it's more, it's the most explosive offense out there. And I know the spread guys will go nuts about that. But, and this is the reason why it's because they'll put eight guys on the line of scrimmage. So when you pop, oh, you're, off and, you're off and running, where in spread, you always play over the top coverage. And so, you know, literally, unless your athlete's just that much better than other athletes, you're, you're dinking and dunking.
0: I'll oh, like when I was at Fairborn year three, we were running the, um, the wing T and we played a team who love, I actually have put up YouTube shorts of some of the clips on my YouTube channel Um of that. They would pretty much run like a seven, one full man coverage diamond. So if you got empty, there's nobody in the middle of the field. And we mm-hmm. just ran court. We ran quarterback trap three times.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And two of them were 60 plus yard touchdowns. The third one was an eight yard gain. And that's cause he got tripped up. Like and there's a small blocking error, otherwise that would have gone. Like to your point, like people will just pack the line, and if you break it, it's gone. And there's no, and like you again, we were, I was watching John Curtis, and they're running split back veer, and they are just, I mean, the quarterback kept the ball on like the second play of the game and goes 80 yards because everybody's piled in, and they just yeah. take off. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. it's an um,
0: interesting dynamic. Yeah. So when you, like, what does the practice look like for you? Like, cause I've, I've, again, I've been through your practices. I know how hands-on you are, especially with the backfield. Um, what is a, like, split back practice look like and working, especially the mesh, the reads um, and going through stuff? Sure.
1: And I think um, it's probably, like, for me, you know, once we get to that point, um, within the practice, I mean, it's, it's 10, 15 minutes to just run an inside you know, run an inside beer. You might have 10 minutes with your, uh, with your quarterbacks. It doesn't take as much time as what everybody says, you know, when, when you say, you know, if you run, you know, triple option, that's all you can do because you got to spend so much time on it. No, I mean, we have enough time. We start, you know, in June and July with our 10 days or whatever it is, you can you can get it done. And honestly, I think because you don't run very many plays, I guess my philosophy is you can knock practice down faster and possibly get to that point where you can lift at the end, which will make you a better football team and make this offense go even more. Yeah. Um, you know, this is power football. I What I love about this offense is everything is down, down, down. You have the best – you have the always have the best angles. Okay, it hits super fast, and you're always going forward. Uh, Jerry Cook, who is was my head football coach, um, you know, one time said, "It's amazing how successful you can be if you just go forward on every play."
0: Uh, we'll come back to Jared Cook because Jared Cook is one of my favorite human beings. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll come back to that towards the end of this because I love Jerry. Uh, yeah. Jerry's been very good to me the past couple of years with the state association and stuff. Um, I love, actually, I'm supposed to have a phone call with him next week. Um, God bless him. Um, but we'll come back to that. Um, like, I mean, how many, how many different looks are you given in practice? Because obviously like we assume how certain people are going to line up and uh,
1: Yeah. In, so,
0: but so it's so usually wrong.
1: That's exactly, that's the challenge because your option. And so they're going to do something different in high school. You're going to, it they could be forefront on film and they could show up to you in five front or bare or, or six, oh. you know, six, whatever. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. so you're, I would say day one training as your te- as you're coaching your defense, you need to coach different fronts. You need to have a term to put kids in different fronts. And then that way, the, the best case scenario would be when, when you go to option drill you have a defensive coach that just calls out different fronts every play because it, it, and that's what I guess makes it fun for me. And hopefully it makes it fun for the kids is they're active participants in the offense. Like I said, if they line up, you know, how they line up is determine what play you're going to call. So they're, you know, they're actively invested in the offense. You know, if, um, like I said, if, if you got a three technique, you know, you, You've got to teach your uh, tackle, or I'm sorry, your guard, keep stepping out, keep stepping out and see how far he'll, out he'll go with you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Make the hole bigger. Um, and, and start to understand why on the offense that you start to do that. I mean, you're going to have to block the same play different ways depending on what they do. Um, you know, I was just looking at the lead speed and I'm like, okay, so we can down, down, down that and, and you know, and read the end. I'm like, or, you know, like I said, the, the problem is, is then if your overhang is inside of your slot, you know, that causes a problem because your slot can't block it. I'm like, or you can take the tackle, you know, you, you can block on and, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, block on and then, you know, you know, run it a different way. So I think with that and teaching your kids, you know, they should get excited because they're making decisions on what, you, you know, on how it's getting run the most effectively. And, and under and then if you can get kids to understand why, you know, now you can really be rolling.
0: Yeah. And just like, I mean, the manipulation, like high school kids don't realize until a coach tells them that this tackle is now at three yards width and they've walked all the way out with them and they've just opened the floodgates I mean, is your base splits at three feet, or where did you start? And Yeah,
1: and, and and that's probably from what I learned in high school. I mean, you wanted to be a yard, you know, and then adjust it down to, you know, again, adjust to where they're lining up on you and and what the play is,
0: okay. you know. And then are your backs directly behind the guards or – because so, I've seen, I've seen some different alignments with that.
1: Here's the dirty little trick. Okay. Move your backs to where it's best for them to hit the hole. You can't see it on film. Like as an example, like, so for me, when I was at Mifflin, I'd had them call like nine o'clock or 12 o'clock. And honestly, you know, they're telling the quarterback, like where their path is. And so if it was a one technique, they're calling nine o'clock and they're getting a little bit wider. So, you know, they're, they're getting to, um, you know, say the outside shoulder of the guard, so then that way they can hit that B-gap, you know, that much faster, where, if, say, if it's a two-technique, they're going to call 12 o'clock, and they're going to move and step almost to the fullback position. So almost like what you've got in your gap d- down backer, you know, <laughs> yeah, look, is – so then that way now we're running midline, and, and it's a straighter, faster path. And yeah. by moving – and then also passing, you know, If they're getting out in the flat, we can get them a little wider. You know, if uh, we're running different things like trap, you can. And again, those things just aren't seen on film. People just don't pay attention to it. And so you can manipulate that a little
0: bit. Well, even if you catch it, like you got to be able to react to it and understand what. And let's be honest, most high school kids don't. Right. I'd say 60 to 70% of high school kids don't invest the time in scouting reports like they should. That would make Uh, it even more effective, like, because, and, and the other point of this is I was, I forget who I was talking to the other day and we were just having a conversation about option football and, um, in general. And like you watch air force, they give away what they're running. Like they don't care. Like they will adjust their, their running backs and their wings to what, and like you can narrow it down to probably two plays and they don't care. Like, you can watch all the film you want. Like we're, we're going to adjust our alignment. So it fits the play the best. And we're going to go, we don't care.
1: Yeah. And you've got to have that philosophy, both as a coach. And then you've got to kind of push that onto the kids, you know, cause you're going to get, Hey, we're not, you know, we're keep running the same play. They're calling out our play. Well, good. Can they stop it? And then, you know, the uh, magic of the option is this, you know, can they stop it? If they, you know, if they're struggling to stop it, they're going to start to cheat. And then when they cheat, now the option goes to the next guy and we're off to the races.
0: Yeah. That or you run counter back the other side when they've overloaded and uh, there's nobody there. Like it's just... right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, okay. Like I said, that's, that's, that's my biggest questions. Like, I mean, we've, I, I've coached long enough. And so have you like teaching a kid to read a, a player is not, I mean, that's, pretty elementary at this point like it's hmm. just it's little details like okay how do you line what's your path hmm. those are the things and like and then there's obviously more advanced things which i'm not even gonna worry about right now like i was watch i was scrolling through twitter and, and they're in like it was houston or somebody in like the 80s was running like spinner trap option out of the split back and i'm like that's great um that's stuff you run like year like six in the offense when the your middle schools run it for years and that's beautiful like awesome like the spinner stuff is 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 cute but it's not like that's not everyday high school life I'm sorry like it's... right <laughs>
1: right right yeah
0: why do you think I mean obviously the spread is a big part of it but why do you think more option and wing T teams don't run the split back veer? You, I mean, cause you are a big history buff when it comes to like, I remember listening to you, my first, our first meeting talking about the history of the wing T and jet sweep. And just, I mean, you are always a big history guy. Why do you think this is kind of um, died down compared to um, the flex bone or the spread?
1: Well, I think, because not as many kids touch the ball. I think you have to have a quarterback that can do it. Um, it's also it's old school tough football, and I think you have to embrace old school tough football to be able to do it. Um, it's also it's it can be boring football. You got to be patient. You know, like the old uh, remember the Titans uh, quote is you know it's. It's like, Novicate, you know, give it time. It will work. You've <laughs> got to give it, time. you've got to give it time. you got to, you know, it's the, again, you, and I guess you don't know when it's going to be exciting. Like we talked about, um, you know, when you run the spread, like big plays happen because you scheme and, and you've beat the scheme or, or your superior athlete has beat their superior athlete in this. I mean, it's amazing how many times I've just, you know, I've just called beer for the, you know, fourth time in a row and expect them to get a two-yard gain, and it it pops and goes. You know, it's – so I guess the predictability of, like – or I guess not even predictability, but, like, you can't want the big play. You just got to let the big play happen.
0: Yeah. Now, the other interesting thing I think you mentioned when we were talking beforehand, and um, obviously you've coached – when we first met, we were private school, um, and you – I think midway through that guy job teaching in Columbus public and eventually moved to Columbus public to be a coach and a teacher. And you ran this at Mifflin, which is not necessarily the easiest place to run anything at uh, just because numbers are always a struggle. I think you had 17 kids the one year you were there. Um, How did, I mean, the option work in the city and with such a small rest roster, why do you think it kept you at least competitive for at least half? Like when you have 17 kids going against 40, it is what it is at that point. But um, most of the time, how do you, how do you think that helped you and kind of how do you think the option worked overall?
1: Okay. So, and I guess I want to go back real fast and just add. So I think the other issue that you have with sweat is this, like everybody else, you know, everybody wants to be college. Once to the to become a college or pro football player, everybody in college and pro are, are in shotgun now, and so like I can remember at Mifflin, like you know, guess um, criticism I got is like we don't want to run an academy offense, we don't want to be an academy, you know, um, and so you've got to show people why this can be advantageous. Um, what it does for you is this: it it puts you in. Uh, I truly believe split back beer puts you in opportunities to win ball games that you couldn't win. Otherwise, again, helps you control the clock, helps you control the, the, uh, tempo of the game, helps you slow down the game or actually speed it up. Okay. So if you have small numbers or your, you know, your kids don't wear out uh, as fast, so you can hang in there longer. It uh, keeps the other team off the field. Um, like with my history, probably some of my, bigger games I've ever won or was split back beer, you know, as a first year coach at Pandora, coming into a program that was 0 and 10 hadn't beat their rival Columbus Grove, which is a week one game in 10 years. Um, and being able to come in, we were able to, to beat them in overtime, you know, as my first win is as a head coach, my first game as a head coach, Um, that sold me there, you know, when I was at upper Sandusky, I played a Cyrus team that had beat uh, beat them the year before by 50 points and we beat them, um, beat a Galleon team that was unbelievably talented. Um, so, yeah, you know, I guess run split back rear because you will um, you'll you'll steal some games. You'll, you'll beat people that maybe you probably shouldn't have when you look at the town. You know, if you went to the draft and we're picking kids, you know, picking kids, probably a lot more of the kids would get picked before yours. But you can still win, and and that's a great feeling. Okay. Yeah, you know, we beat uh, my second year at uh, Pandora. Go, we were zero and three playing three and zero Arcadia, who had just beat Hard Northern, which is a big deal. Um, and we're ranked. I want to say let's say they were ranked like fourth in the state, and beat them. And so, uh, you know, I guess that's my testament to the split back year.
0: Yeah, I get it. And then I, I do have one more question, like, because I've taken this with me, and I think it still holds fairly true, like, when I look at numbers. You were – I mean, you've always been a big proponent of the weight room, and um, your your rule was for every 1,000-pound clubber equals a win. Do you still hold true to that statement to this day?
1: Pretty close. I would say it's, like, 0.7 or
0: 0.8. Okay. Like I said, yeah. that is, I know I've, I've, I've sort of tracked it and it's been like, I didn't, I didn't check it this year, but when I was at Northwestern and even kind of as I ballparked at Fairborn as an assistant, it was
1: fairly. It, it's, it's close yeah. enough to, to believe yeah. in, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I mean, I don't think it's probably not hundred percent true, but it is pretty dang close. I mean, even at Elgin, I and mean, you came up and scrimmaged us when I moved to El- Elgin and I mean, we had that that second year, and we had some dudes that were in the thousand pound club in physical, and you kind of saw it. And um, I said, "Is it's it's an interesting stat." Um, and then the last thing is is you have any good Jerry Cook stories? Because I love Jerry Cook to death. Jerry Cook is again, he's been very good to me. And like like Jerry is a, is a great human being, and like I said, as somebody who played for him, just and just kind of your perspective.
1: So what I'd say about Jerry Cook is he's uh, – um, I don't think you can find a better high school football coach, like I said. Um, and all the time I've been with Jerry, Jerry has n- – I've never – so, what I'd you know, all the way through high school and then 10 years coaching with him, um, never seen Jerry cuss in front of a kid. You know, he's always professional. He's always got the kid's uh, heart, you know, best interest in mind. And just uh, loves the game of football. So, uh, to me, he's the ultimate high school football coach.
0: For for people wondering who Jerry Cook is that isn't in Ohio, Um, he is the executive director of our state association. He essentially runs our state clinic. Um, I mean, the man has coached for, God, I don't even know how long at this point. Recently put in our Hall of Fame. Still coaches at Granville um, in some capacity. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, (laughs) He, he can't say enough good things about the man. Um so coaches like share subscribe all that lovely jazz. Um
1: more um, if, if I got to share another great Jerry yeah, Cook story. And so oh, when uh when we I guess when I was in school and Jerry Cook with, for Jerry Cook is Jerry Cook would show up at all the sporting events. Like the band kids would go to their band competitions and uh Jerry would be there watching them. So invested in all the kids.
0: Oh yeah, no, no, like it, it's amazing like he had his hall of fame ceremony there's a bunch of people who didn't even play football that were there like it's not just i mean he still gets Walkins loves him to death he still gets a bunch of kids every year to help volunteer hours with the state clinic and doing some stuff so the kids get volunteer hours and like it's just amazing how he treats people and what he does he takes care he takes care of everybody and kids love him And you just see that when you go to the coaches association, all these people who've either coached with them or played for them to this day that just say positive things about them. And um, I don't know a person in our association board that doesn't like Jerry. I mean, hell, we named, we named, we named named an award last year after him. Uh, I
1: mean,
0: yeah, 100%. Um, So coaches like share, subscribe, all that lovely jazz. Um, Do you have, I don't even know, do you even have a Twitter? I only know if you do. No. <laughs> you know, no, no. <laughs> i mean you, you, you could find coach on facebook if you want to talk to him more i mean the man is run about everything and um the, i mean coach queen, I, again i work for coach queen and um and nothing but always appreciative and um other than that like share subscribe and that's another episode of the gap down backer podcast